Welcome to the Husband Factory Podcast. I'm the host and founder, Makita Kamara Omensa. Join me here every week where I help single women meet good men and enjoy great marriages using proven faith-based principles. Now, here's today's episode. Welcome to another exciting episode of The Husband Factory. I am so glad to be here with you guys today. And this is the first episode of a series that I'm starting called Don't Date Devils. Now, the reason why I wanted to start this series is because there are so many women that feel like bad things can never happen to them, like a bad marriage can never happen to them, like divorce can never happen to them. And what happens is we subconsciously feel that we are different. When when you see a woman in a bad relationship or you see a woman going through a divorce, there's a part of us that's like, oh, that won't happen to me. But why won't it happen to you? What makes you different from them? And the only way it won't happen to you is if you put things in place for it not to happen to you. You and I are not necessarily any special than any other woman out there. The only thing we can do to protect ourselves is to obey the principles in God's word and do it the right way. I just want you guys to know that nothing good just happens. If you want a good marriage, you have to plan for it and plan for it starts in the courtship process. So this Don't Date Devil series is going to let you know, I'm going to give you different examples of true stories of women that have ended up in bad marriages, bad relationships, so that you will know what's possible. And I'm also going to tell you what not to do. So that's how the Don't Date Devil series goes. So the first story I'm going to tell you, I've changed the names. So it's either women that I know personally or the stories that I've heard from other people. I've changed the names to, you know, protect the innocent, but I'm going to give you a true account of what happened to one woman and a man that she met. Okay, ready for the story? Now, this is Tiffany and Akin's story. So I'm going to tell you, Tiffany is the girl, Akin is the guy. Okay, so Tiffany was on her way to church one evening when she noticed a young man caught in traffic in another lane. Now, that sounds like a, a match right there. And they smiled at each other. Unknown to them, they were both heading for the same church service. What? The same church service, that's amazing. So they finally met in church and were introduced. The young man's name was Akin, and instantly they developed a liking for each other. Akin was in town from Nigeria and was accompanying his pastor on a mission to hold a crusade in the U.S. But guess what? It wasn't true. That crusade never took place. He was lying to her, but she didn't know. The following month, Tiffany took ill and had to be hospitalized. Akin seized this opportunity to get closer to her. He was at Tiffany's bedside throughout her her stay in the hospital. He showered her with gifts and attention. And by the time Tiffany was finally discharged, she had fallen madly in love with Akin. And they started dating. Tiffany was so in love with him that she agreed to marry him just after a few months. She was so in love that she failed to ask Akin the necessary questions. Not only that, she didn't seek counsel and she didn't commit the relationship to God in prayer. She was that blinded about love and she was that blinded about what she thought was love. So some of her friends, some of Tiffany's friends reached out to her to find out more about Akin because they were concerned. But to their friend's surprise, she knew very little about Akin. Tiffany knew very little about Akin. 
And to make matters worse, she couldn't care less. She was in love, and that's all that mattered. During their courtship, Akin traveled back to Nigeria twice, leaving his phone number, what was his supposed phone number, as the only means of contact for Tiffany. After a few short months, Tiffany and Akin secretly got married in a court of law. She didn't tell her parents. She didn't tell her friends. She didn't tell anybody that she was married because she was in love and she couldn't understand why everybody was against her. They don't know her in her mind. They don't know Akin the way she knows him. So she just totally ignored their pleas. She quarterly ignored everything that they were saying, trying to tell her that she needs to slow it down. So finally, Tiffany finds out that she's pregnant and, you know, of course they're married now. So, but she's pregnant and she has the baby. So, but a few days after the delivery, few days after she delivers the baby, Akin has gone ahead back to Nigeria and he said he was making arrangements for them to travel there and live there as a family where he's going to introduce her to his family, introduce her to all of his friends, you know, build a life for them there. But guess what? That was the last time Tiffany saw Akin. Few days after the delivery of her baby, their baby. So about 15 months later, Tiffany learned through a friend that Akin was critically ill and has been hospitalized somewhere in the U.S. So he was living, he went to Nigeria to prepare a place for them. But then later on, maybe 15 months later, she found out that, wait, he's here in the U.S. Fortunately, she found out the name and phone number of the hospital. A cheery nurse took her call. They talked at length, and when the nurse was about to transfer the call to Akin, she informed Tiffany that Akin's wife and two children were at his bedside at that moment. Did you guys hear what I said? I hope you heard me. So here she is. She's married a guy. Two days after she delivered a baby, the guy flew back to Nigeria, where he told her he was creating a life for them. But that was the last time she saw him. 15 months later, she finds out that the guy is here in the U.S. and he's sick. So she finds out the hospital, the name of the hospital, calls the hospital, checking on him like, wow, what like what's going on? Like, you know, like she wants to she's obviously wants to see what happened. You just left me 15 months ago, but also wants to make sure he's OK, because she finds out through a friend, mutual friend that he's critically ill, only to call the hospital to find out that his wife and two children are there with him. So Tiffany was dumbstruck and emotionally paralyzed when she found out that piece of news. Barely a year after that, Tiffany was to learn of another woman in the U.S. that Akin had deceived into marriage. This lady also had a child with him. So it was by the grace of God that kept Tiffany from having to be treated by a psychiatrist. The good news, however, is that Tiffany is, has rededicated her life back to God, and she's a single parent, and she's doing well, but she's learned her lesson, although she learned it the hard way. So what lesson can we learn from Tiffany's story? So first of all, Tiffany erred by replacing presence with presence. Now I'm saying presence as in somebody's presence, who they are, P-R-E-S-E-N-C-E, the presence. Who is the person really? She replaced it with presence, P-R-E-S-E-N-T-S, which are, you know, gifts. He showered her when she met him with gifts. He showered her with attention. He showered her with affection. And she replaced that meaning for who he was. She used those things as an indication of who he is. Meanwhile, what somebody does for you and what somebody gives you has nothing to do with who they are as an individual. She never got a chance to know out who he is. 
So lesson number one that we can learn from Tiffany is that you make sure you ask relevant questions before marriage. Make sure you ask relevant questions before marriage. Number two, never into a marriage without seeking counsel and without prayer. Okay. So number one, make sure you have relevant information. You never enter into marriage without getting the proper information on the background of the person. She didn't know anything about the person's background. She didn't know if he had a wife. I mean, she just what just assumed if he's chasing me, he must be single like I am, not knowing he had a wife and, and children. And he had a previous wife and child. And she didn't seek counsel. Her friends, her family, everyone was trying to talk to her like, you really know, don't know this guy. Are you sure? But she didn't seek counsel. She thought she was okay. And then number three, whenever you're in a long distance relationship, make sure that you're careful. You have to be more careful in a long distance relationship. Some relationship experts say that you have to be in the same state or at least in the same area with the person for a year before you actually marry them so that you can get to know them. If you're doing a long distance relationship, make sure that you have people on both sides that know each other so that you can get a good information, good information on the person's background, good information on who they are, what they stand for, their personality. What are they like when they're angry? What are they like when they're work? What are they like in everyday life? What do they have any skeletons in the closet that you need to know about? Do they have any health conditions you need to know about? What are their motives for dating you that you're in a different country from them? You need to know those things. So what I want you guys to do from now on is to endeavor, endeavor to never enter into a relationship that you do not have enough information about the person Never enter into a relationship that you don't know the background of the person. Now you can date them, which is why one of the rules is to date multiple people. You can date them as in you can get to know them, but don't be exclusive with anyone that you don't know information about. What happens a lot of times when women meet men is that the men ask them a lot of questions. And the reason why the men are asking you so many questions is because they want to know all about you so they can know how to act so they can know what attracts you so they can know what to do to keep you. But women don't ask enough questions. We answer all their questions. And then maybe we'll, if they ask us a question, we'll reciprocate the question, but we've already given them enough information to teach them how to treat us so that they can stay in our lives. But as a woman, your primary responsibility is to find out who you're dealing with. So the least they know about you, the better chance you have about finding out. The less they know about you, the better chance you have of finding out about them. Don't tell them. You don't even need to really tell them that you're a Christian because maybe their intention is to just sleep with you. If they know that you're a Christian, they may still have the same intention of sleeping with you. They just may not tell you, you know. But if you don't tell them that you're a Christian and all of that, they may come out and tell you, oh, you know, girl, when are we going to do this and that? You, you understand what I'm saying. So be very, very careful. Ask questions. Get to know them. And don't give all your heart to one person. Get to imagine if Tiffany had been dating other people, she would not have fallen into this trap with Akin because she would have had multiple men giving her gifts, multiple men finding out if she's okay, multiple men finding out, you know, what's going on with her so that it wouldn't have been like this person became her whole world, which is the mistake that we fall into. So next step for you is any guy that comes into your life, get to know who he is. Don't tell him so much about yourself. There's ways to do that. I'll talk about it in another podcast episode, but don't share so much about yourself, but get to know who he is first. Now, imagine, just imagine if you meet this great guy 
and he turns out to be everything you ever hoped for. You know, there are guys that are just amazing. If you haven't met them, I can tell you about them. My husband, for example, when I met him, he gave me a gift every day for an entire year. Every day I got a gift for an entire year. It wasn't something I asked for. It wasn't something I was expecting. I was totally shocked. There was times I was like, okay, I'm not going to get anything today because this is just crazy. But every day for an entire year. And it's, I don't think he even planned to. I don't think he was like, okay, I'm going to do it for a year. But that's, I kept track of it. It lasted for an entire year. You can meet men like that. You can meet men that are genuine. Just imagine that you get to the point where you're so confident and you are so careful that you are no longer duped, that you're no longer anybody's fool, that no one can take advantage of you anymore. Okay. Well, that's what I want for you. And that's what God wants for you. So I'm looking forward to hearing your great love story. Just be sure that you ask all the necessary questions until next time. Have a good day. I'm sure you got a lot out of today's episode. Don't forget to share. And guess what? The conversation doesn't have to end here. Hop online to www.husbandfactory.com to subscribe to my VIP newsletter. Just scroll to the bottom of any page and you'll see the button there. Remember, all the great love stories you've ever heard out of all of them, yours is going to be the best. Can't wait to hear it. See you next week.